You're listening to Behind the Clipboard. Event experts empowering you to throw killer events for your business, workplace, social circle and beyond. We're giving you the insider toolkit, allowing you to make your events the talk of the town. Produced by Known Associates Events, it's time to go backstage with your hosts, Tamara Cook, Crystal Thane and Melissa Howie. Welcome to today's episode of Behind the Clipboard. We're in the green room with Miss Diva, Perth's own ginfluencer and creator of Gin Anonymous. How do you like them apples? Yeah. That was good. <laughs> that was my newsreader voice. <laughs> newsreader voice. How do you like them juniper berries? Yeah, how do you like yeah. them juniper berries? <laughs> Gin Anonymous. That's really hard to say. <laughs> Welcome. 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 I've heard. Gin Anonymous doesn't roll off the tongue for a lot no, of people. No, it actually rolled way too much. Yeah. I just kept going. I just <laughs> yeah. had an extra in. Yeah. To be fair, we have been drinking gin already. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, in your honour, we thought we'd better have a gin. Yeah, no, we've got a couple of bottles here that yeah. we'll crack into a little bit. By a couple, she means 16. She bought a whole crate <laughs> of different gins. But I'm excited. I'm so excited. The about things today. we do for the podcast, honestly. <laughs> Research. Research, exactly. So, David, tell us about yourself. Yeah, I've always loved events, PR, fashion, you know, the mix of all of that. I think I've just kind of dabbled into different things over the years. Yeah, and and then suddenly gin found me, or I found gin. I I think it's the often first. gin finds yeah, us. Yeah, that's how it always is. And I guess it was conveniently during the resurgence, which was yeah, happy accidents. I think, or yeah. we could say that you began the resurgence. Oh, from my living room, yeah, yeah. possibly. <laughs> That's awesome. And so you've got an accent that's not Australian. What's what's your background? Have you always lived here? Or? No, I've lived in Malaysia most of my life. I think when I speak to my Malaysian friends, there is this Malaysian accent that comes out, even when I talk to my partner, Prashant. But I think um, English has always been my first language. And um, some people say like, oh, I love the way you say caramel. It's like, how do I say caramel? Oh, I, oh. I, I, oh your voice is beautiful. I could listen oh, to it for days. It's like silky gin. <laughs> Silky caramel Radio gin. voice, I've heard, I've got. So oh, I'm like, yeah, yeah that's you do. Like, I, 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 it's better. I think I like being behind the radio as opposed to video. Yeah, I yeah. get told I've got a face for radio a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. Oh, thanks, Mel. <laughs> um, obvious question, why gin? Why gin? I, I was never really, I never really came from a family of drinkers. My dad never drank, my mom never drank. And so I think it was a bit strange. But I think also being in Australia... That played a massive role because Australia's got quite a bit of a drinking culture. Does um, it? No. <laughs> no. What? Used to us. We drink? Ooh. Yeah. And I, it was just the time when gin was kind of making a comeback and Australian brands like West Winds and Four Pillars were jumping into the scene and doing amazing things with the spirit. And I just met really cool people in the industry that hey, it's not just going to be a passion. You can, you know, and I just wanted to learn more. It's like, I think I had um, this gin that I've never heard of before. This was in 2013. I was like, oh, what is this? Never heard of it. It wasn't Bombay. It wasn't Hendrix. It wasn't Tanqueray. And then then I saw new bo- newer bottles popping up and it just it just sort of, you just kept opening the door. You just open one door, you open another, and it just kind of brought me to where I am today yeah so you start off with a love of the product Mm -hmm. but how does that take you in down a career path I think turning passion into your career has been a big topic of conversation over the last few years whether it's um 
whether it's gin or fashion or doing something quite unique, you know, you know, anything, you can turn any passion into a bit of a career, I think. So, and a lot of people in the UK were doing it and you just, you're just inspired by the people in the community and the hospitality community in WA is fantastic. And yeah. has it been a whole lot of self-education? Yes. Yes. Uh, Which doesn't mean just drinking every night alone. No, no. Um, Tam's very well self-educated. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't we all? At some, to, a, to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, reading books, going to masterclasses. I've yet to sign up for my spirits exam because this you need to put aside six weeks. And I've, I've just there's been an exam? There's yeah. spirits exam. Oh, so there's really? oh yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of sommeliers, um, they, they, do, they are qualified. You, if you want to take it to the next level, if you want to learn about the spirit a little bit more, yes, there are ways you can go to master classes. You can, there are plenty of ways to sort of get yourself self-educated. But I think if you want to really go deep, you talk to distillers. They, they, their minds are just... It's a plethora of chemistry and oh, it's a mix of everything. But it's I think at the end of the day, it's passion. Passion is very infectious. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about Gin Anonymous specifically? Ooh, good job, Mel. Right? Yeah, <laughs> stressing about it for like two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so Anonymous. I guess um, this was in 2014 is when I officially bought the domain name. Um, I wanted to create a platform because I didn't want to leave the fashion industry. I didn't leave the fashion industry for a very long time. And I wanted to put both those passions together in one place. And it's it's my voice talking about gin or creative industry or the creative industry or creative people. Anyone that had a really cool story, I just wanted that to be the melting pot of it all from my perspective, whether it's events or gin in general. So yeah, that's what Gin Anonymous was for. And I think now what I want to kind of do with it is obviously have more events focused uh, around gin and working with non-gin brands to sort of incorporate gin into their businesses, for example. We'll get into that a little bit later. I've got a really fair, I've got a good story to share. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's how Gin Anonymous started. It was just a platform for me to share the two things that I really like. Why do you think gin had such a resurgence? So obviously gin comes from the UK and believe it or not, for almost 100 years, small batch distilling was illegal in London. Mm. And there's a brand that was responsible for that. And that's Sip Smith. We've got a bottle right here. It's one of my all-time favorite gins. Sam Galsworthy, the founder of the brand, basically he was in America. He was so infatuated by the trend of craft beer. And there was such a movement in America. And he was wondering why does why is this not happening in the UK specifically for things like gin, especially because, you know, big brands like Beefeater, Tanqueray and Gordon's, they were all from the UK. So there was, uh, it's all about legalities. There was a law in that prohibited people from making small batch distilling in, in the UK. It took him two years to fight the law. And once that law got appealed and things were set in motion, there it came. There was, there were now, there are now hundreds of distilleries scattered all around the UK mm. because of the Galsworthy. Yep. Bartenders love the spirit. It's a very, it's a flexible spirit that I think, yes, you can drink it on its own, but bartenders take it and make it something truly unique through cocktails. And I think that plays a really big role in the gin resurgence, really. We've got our own resurgence over this side in Australia purely because the botanicals that we have in Australia. 
the botanicals that are native to only Australia. You know, you've got Huandong and interesting things that you find in gins, sometimes done really well, sometimes not so well. People want to support local. Locality yeah. is a big thing and not just not just in gin, but in food and produce. You know, everybody wants to shop local and drink local. So that has played a really big role in terms of the resurgence of gin as well. People wanting to know who makes my product, how they made. And I think the accessibility to distillers, for example, that has sort of played a massive role in the resurgence. Yeah, I've uh, noticed there's lots of little places that you go, can go to in yeah. Perth. And when we've done gin tastings mm. at events, the producer has been there the guy yep. that is actually distilling it himself yeah. comes in and does the tasting and tells you exactly how he came up with the recipe and yeah. what he's put in it and yeah they get or he or she i should say yeah. and they get really animated about it which is great we've got 130 over distilleries in around australia now there is a market for it there's a market for it the demand is still there and also it's very easy spirit to make it's um well not easy when i say easy it's it's quick you can, like, you know, there's no... That's why I like it. Yeah, this <laughs> Quick and easy. <laughs> there's no there's no law. Um, like, rum needs to have at least two years, for example. You just need to have a sufficient amount of juniper berries in... To make it to classed call, as to gin. Call, to call it gin. There are some... And there's some guys that really call out, like, look, don't call it gin if it's not gin. So, so the gin that's made from slow berries... Yes. Is that still gin? They d- yeah, it's 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 a slow gin. It's a slow berry. Yeah. It's a slow yeah. berry. Yeah. Snozberries. S L O E. Sounds like an insult. You're such a slow berry. It's delicious though. Very I love it. Yeah. And it's such a nice wintry drink as well. I just know that I loved gin for a very long time and then suddenly everybody else loved gin. I've always been cool. Yeah. That was my thought process. Whatever helps you sleep at night, it's slow berry. The hel- <laughs> it's definitely the healthier spirit as well. Oh, it's there doesn't you go. Have a, doesn't Zero have calories? A, good to know. Yeah, I think I'm zero sure to... It. It's clear. Yeah, it's yeah. clear, yeah. Let's go with that. Almost to nothing. It, I, it's your tonic that obviously adds your calories, basically. So I always prefer drinking a martini, which not a lot of people enjoy. That is my <laughs> favourite drink. That's dirty martini, gin-based. Yeah. That sounds like three olives. Strong. Yeah. yeah. It is. So if you're doing my fitness pal, just put gin in, zero <laughs> calories. Yeah. For sure. But it's healthier than wine. There you go. It's healthier than <laughs> wine. Um, so what are some of the best ways you've seen gin showcased in an event or other beverages? I've liked it when people use um, a whole the whole DIY element to mm-hmm. events, you know, whether it's DIY garnishing or DIYing your cocktails and things like that. I think you guys did a DIY Negroni session at... Um, yeah, Deconstructed. Yeah, yep. Deconstructed Negroni, which exactly. I think has been, which I've seen a, a couple of times, which is really nice. And DIY garnishing, because there's a more educational element to gin being showcased at events, which is really great because there is this... I can't imagine an event without alcohol. <laughs> Neither um, can we. You're in the right room, sister. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but at the same time, there's this growing conversation about health in the industry as well. So we've sort of been taking a step back and kind of evaluating the role of alcohol in events. So, yeah, I think I've seen the makers having ready, like they've already made pre-batch cocktails, for example, and they're talking to they're talking to the guest about what what's in the cocktail, what inspired the cocktail, especially if you have a curated cocktail specifically for your event. I think that's a great way to showcase a gin product. But it's also, what is the purpose of having this gin brand at your event? You know, is it because it's cool? Uh, most, well, more often than not, it's because it's a cool thing at the <laughs> moment, which is great. 
I like to do it as um, something else that you can do within the event space. Mm. So rather yeah. than just sipping your champagne and eating some canapes and yep. listening to a guest speaker, there's yep. an interactive station to go to yes. to get a bit of education and to taste a beautiful product. Yeah, and that just doesn't apply to gin. That applies to any kind of spirit, obviously. You can have the winemaker there. Um, if you can get a hold of a winemaker, that would be amazing. But it's the whole meeting the... Maker. Maker. I think that's the big trend at the moment. And that's why um, Junipalooza, the festival base originating from London and now it's in Melbourne, it's been doing really well because it's about meeting the distillers, being able to talk to them about what inspired the product and why are they making the gin in the first place. So that as an element to your event, it makes something a little bit more exciting. Like I've showcased gin at um, my partner's home opens, for example. I always try and choose a WA gin. And it's just bringing the community in through a different industry. Yeah. That's a very cool home mm. open. I would like to go yeah. to those home <laughs> opens. Yes, <laughs> me too. And I really like the idea of bringing community back into it as well because I think as a society, let me get deep for a second, we yeah. are disconnecting a lot because we're all on our phone, we're all on our iPad all the time. Oh, yeah. And that's what's so important about events as well because they're human interaction. Mm. Who would yeah. have thunk it? That's right. We're just getting back to that face-to-face contact. Yeah. About, it's almost cottage industries, really, isn't it? It's I've somebody never understood that saying. <sighs> it's cottage, um, cottage industries. Yeah, yeah, what Etsy. Is that? Yeah, <laughs> basically uh. anyone who's on Etsy, they're home. Uh, they're making um, okay. they're, they're s- small volume specialty items made by hand, mm. bespoke, exactly. Yeah, and the craft industry, like the word craft, um, obviously craft beer, craft spirits. Um, the, the, you'll see them written on bottles as well. Like that has been, people have been drawn to the idea of only. 200 or 500 bottles being made of this and people do like a bit of exclusivity exclusivity as well, as well. so showcase an exclusive gin maybe if you've got the budget hey get some get a gin distiller to curate a bespoke gin for you like obviously there'll be a, a certain amount of money involved in that but if you've got the budget that'll be great or amazing or release a gin for you know your 20th year anniversary that you created specifically like um <gasps> there's a restaurant yeah there's a restaurant in sydney that's done <laughs> that with four pillars so and you can exclusively get this gin cocktail, this gin, specific gin at the restaurant, for example. So The Melbourne Hotel's just done it. Have you been yeah, there? No, I actually have not. I really <laughs> I really should. I'm not, maybe I'm not a rooftop bar kind of guy. I like my dungeon bars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're in the right place today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's great. They've, they've done, um, the Giuseppe, their bar manager, yeah, has yeah. done four different gins. Which is amazing. It's very cool name. Yeah. All about the a winds of great, the world. Great packaging as well, I've noticed. Beautiful. That is also a very important thing. Packaging <laughs> does excite me. And I'm more likely to buy something if it's a bit pretty. Mm. Um, what are some of the creative things you can do with gin? Um, one of the favourite things that I've done with gin, well, not me, but a brand. So, Cold Creamery? Cooled Creamery, sorry. Oh, yeah. Cold. Mm. yeah. Oh, is it cool? Cooled, yeah. Cool. It's, um, Maddie's last name is Estonian, so it's pronounced cooled. Um, so I've I, been calling it cold all yeah, this time. Yeah, you know, <laughs> me too. I, after a point, it's like, I do, it's cooled. I'm like, okay, sorry, I'll call it cooled from now on. So, they did a collaborative ice cream using West Winds, and they released an ice cream mm. called Juniper Berry. Uh, this was in October, and I did a bit of a gin social, which was like a intimate tasting they just opened up the shop on a monday and anyone could just come in and we obviously had a few people at the tasting session and this gin was oh it was amazing i wish i had some left so they i just gave them some juniper berries gave them a bottle of west wind saber the lowest abv and they just went to town and they created this ice cream which was apparently really really popular and obviously the gin trends 
it was it was they were just it's when you ride a wave you just have to find a creative way to incorporate your business and i think that's what i really wanted to do with gin anonymous as well because they've they've already experimented with beer and rum so maddie and caitlin were they're no strangers to working with alcohol or spirits in in their little ice cream lab so i thought hey let's put gin in an ice cream and um so you took the idea to them yeah and they and the ice cream was delicious. Oh my! Yeah, their God. ice creams. Yeah, are and like I don't for. think I've had a bad ice cream by them anyway. But these guys again, craft. They're craft ice cream. They're lick local, and West Winds was drink local. So I thought, hey, it's all about the community. I think so. It's about incorporating these elements. Why wasn't I there? That's the question that's running through <laughs> my head. <laughs> cool creamy. I love gin. I love gin. Diva, ice I love. Cream. Where were you? Yeah. <laughs> Where was I? Um, there was another cool thing that I did with a jewellery label as well. Um, they wanted to incorporate a tasting element to... They were showcasing a new collection of jewellery called Lavian Rose and they wanted to do a gin tasting. So I brought some really good WA gins and created a simple cocktail that they could make at home using rose syrup. And it just kind of added something a little bit different to in a to a to a regular launch event and it was a very intimate event as well i think gin gin is obviously slightly more expensive than your usual beer and wine so in if you're having a very intimate event you could have say for example the long table dinners they're not really going out of trend at the moment they're still there and it's it's i, I think it, a good way to reach to your target ambassadors or whatever it is get them in a room have a gin cart and get someone to come in and talk about a specific cocktail like a martini and somehow tie the story back to your brand and your brand ethos. I feel like it's just a way of weaving a really cool story. And mm. I think that's what Gin Anonymous also is. It's about storytelling with gin. But have a bartender do something really cool for you. Bartenders are pushing limits these days. And I'm just thinking, you did what with your drink? You did, like, you put milk, you put Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> clarifying wa- oil washing and things oh like God. that. Yeah. Oh, they. It's crazy. I. I. I'm. That's next level. I next was just thinking when you put all the ingredients that are in your gin, like the botanicals that are in your gin, are on display, and you smell them before you sip yeah, the gin. Yeah. And that's, that's basic compared yeah. to what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, and but bartenders have just been taking, and that's what bartenders do with gin. They take it to the next level. They. They breathe life into the spirit. And I think that's why gin has somehow become really cool again as well. Bartenders play a really big role. I actually remember a couple of years back, we went to, it was actually a team building day and we did a um, cocktail making class. It's great. And it was so yeah. much fun. And yeah. actually, it makes you appreciate the work that goes in, like a bartender puts into a drink yeah. because, you know, that's why it takes that little bit longer at the bar. And we had to race against the bartender. It was carnage cocktail comps that happen these days wow people are just doing exciting things Tam's a cocktail veteran well I went in one cocktail making competition <laughs> did I, you I, yeah it was back in the day when Lux <laughs> was um still open I don't know if you remember Lux on Beaufort Street yes yes it was the place to drink yeah lots of top Perth. bartenders actually started there so that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the Hoff was there at that time Simon Hoff I was like the, the Hoff, Hoff not the I Hoff. love that I love that everyone calls him that <laughs> yeah and he taught me how to well, he helped me with com- coming up with my recipe. Yeah, and amazing. I made, I called it Winter's Kiss. The first one was called the Known Associate. Mm. Yeah. So I did homemade um, ginger syrup. Amazing. That I made in the thermal mix. Yeah. I was the proud guinea pig. It was delicious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I mixed it with um, that sweet milk. Condensed, condensed milk. Condensed milk. Yeah. Oh, yum. Delicious. And was 
I can't even remember the spirit now. It must have been. I don't think it was. <laughs> no, not with condensed milk. Oh, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. How can I remember? Oh, yeah. We definitely had vanilla vodka and oh, I think there was right. another spirit yeah. in there as well. Oh, Angelico or something like that. Deliciousness <laughs> in a bottle. Deliciousness. 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 Things that you wouldn't realise is alcohol but you'd just be like, oh, this yeah. is nice. Those and are the most dangerous Nick things. Minute. It's like so good. Um, an adult milkshake. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the mudslides of year 11. Uh-huh. So I won my heat but I did not win the, fi- the grand final. That's pretty great though. But I looked good shaking it. She did. I bet you did. It was an Mature <laughs> cocktail making competition, obviously. But yeah, that was lots of fun. That's awesome. Yeah, loved it. <laughs> what are some of the beverage trends you're seeing in events, Diva? Pre-batched cocktails, I feel like, have been a trend because obviously you can't make 500 cocktails at a go. So That's like how Benny's have the espresso martini machine. Oh my it's god! Yeah, and um, that's not. Uh, Sorry, Benny's, but that is not no. good. It doesn't taste. It it's doesn't taste the same. same. Anything from a tap, but you good. understand the yeah. logic behind it. Tap espresso martinis. Yeah. I can't say I'm a huge fan of espresso martinis. Me neither. Me neither. Oh, I am. Yeah, coffee it's gives me anxiety. Yeah, co- it's like coffee and alcohol. It's like two things that just. Oh, yeah, but that's <laughs> a. It's a personal thing. But when we had an event last year, we had uh, West Winds bring in a keg. Already made with yeah, West Winds. Mel's eyebrows went watermelon. all the way up. Yeah, <laughs> a, a West Winds watermelon thing with it's from yeah, it's from like a little ah. keg thing, and they would just they would be easily able to. So he's already made Turn on the tap. Yeah, so you can. I think he made it for about a hundred, hundred people. So I'm into a keg of cocktails. Yeah, <laughs> a keg of cocktails. So that Turn was on the tap and it. it was just <laughs> keg and, stand. And the brand rep was there, and it, well, he's the distiller himself. Uh, we had the privilege to have him there at the event. Um, but it also depends on the nature of the event. If people want it, if you want it to be a massive interactive thing, that would be great because he can pour the cocktails and he can focus on having a conversation. I feel like the educational element has been a bit of a trend at all these events. I agree. Yeah, mm-hmm. because you want it, you want it to be a little bit more fun because it's also to change the way we consume alcohol. I feel like that is a Every, any trend that's emerging in the drinks culture, whether it's events or on-site or off-site, it's all about consuming with intent. You know, we're not just... just going to say mindfulness. Yeah, really mindfulness. yeah, yeah. But, um, and, and that has affected, and that has affected the industry, I think, positively. I don't know if it's just me specifically, but the older I've gotten, the more I care about quality of the yes. product. So premium, premium beverages are definitely a growing trend. Um Premium mixes, that's why Fever Tree had their most successful year last year because obviously there's a bit of a gin boom. You would need a mixer to go well with the gin boom and Fever Tree is probably one of the most successful brands. But they've also, new, you know, the birth of new brands like Strange Love in, in a, it's an Australian brand. And oh my God, they do some delicious thing like the Dirty Tonic, which actually goes so well with the salty, salty gin. So... Mm. It's well, not I have not heard about this one. Yeah. Tell me more. So, yeah, so it's not just about a regular gin and tonic anymore. Like even tonic brands are taking it to the next level. They've released new things like smoky cola, spicy. Oh, just oh, yeah, exactly. So nice. it completely transforms your drink. So there used really to be like. a little a small bar on. I think it was Francis Street. Mm-hmm. I th- it specialized in oh, gin. Oh, Frisk. 
Yes, yeah, it's still yeah. there. It's still it? there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I loved when that yeah, opened. Yeah, they've got because they did this chili yes. cocktail. Yeah, it was in heaven. I tried to. I went home and tried to recreate it. Oh, it was so bad. <laughs> oh no, I was gonna say. You have I to was get like, did it bad. good? Was did it? Was it good? The balance <laughs> of that is so important because otherwise you're just end up with all chili. Well, I can't. My favorite drink of all time is a dirty martini. Yeah, and I cannot make it at home. I cannot do Why it. Not? It's two ingredient. No, it's, well, it's four ingredients. Yeah, are you using the jigger, Sam? Are now you measuring? I have, now I have a jigger. I will use my jigger. I <laughs> yeah. never had a jigger before. Classic cocktails have three ingredients. You would need something to measure it because it's an easy drink to make, but it's also an easy drink to screw up if you don't get your, yeah. your ratios right. So. Exhibit A. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know Tam. I don't think she's measuring. She's going, whoop, free pour. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> I free pour my gin and tonics, though. Everyone thinks my gin and tonics are too strong. It's like, oh. I probably use very little tonic <laughs> or no tonic. Just well, a this, splash. This little um, jigger, <laughs> yeah. so, which is a, a measuring tool for measuring spirits, yeah. arrived in my gin box. That's amazing. No, that's amazing. I never had one before. Yeah. <laughs> I was using my kids' measure um, medicine, you know, <laughs> oh. the plastic medicine things. So I was yeah. measuring. Yeah, that's what they have their cough syrup out of. <laughs> this just makes it look fresh. <laughs> this just makes it look really good. Like you're like, oh, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Yeah, so I was measuring it, but it just didn't. I think I just enjoy the process of someone else doing it for That's me. That's true. It yeah. does taste better when yeah. someone else does it. It's and like I know where to get the good olives. Cooking's the same. It never tastes as good if you have to cook it. Mm. So we're going to have a little <laughs> tasting. Is it is yeah. now the time? No, yes, I wanted to I ask w- you a quick question, yes. though. So my favourite drink yes. with gin in it. I know. This is what I you was were going to talk about. about. Yeah. I literally love, could drink litres of it, gin and orange juice. Yeah, gin and gin, juice. Gin and juice. Gin and like, juice. Thank yeah. you. Because another yeah. gin and juice, I think that's in a lot of rap songs. It's Snoop yeah. Dogg. Snoop Dogg has a whole song about <laughs> it. And whenever I go anywhere and I'm like, can I have a gin and juice? They're like, what kind of juice? I'm like, orange. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, Tomato. Yeah. Orange, of course. Well, I guess, you know. I would do tomato. Screwdrivers. Like, screwdrivers are vodka. Yeah. Screwdrivers are vodka and yeah. orange. Yeah. Um, gin thing. and juice. Mechanics does gin and juice. They do apple juice. They have a juicer right there. Oh, so fresh. Fresh. A- fresh apple juice with... Uh, with your spirit of choice, could be gin or rum. I think it's like $10 or that something sounds like healthy. that. Yeah. Um, fruit juices are high in sugar, just a heads up as well. So, <laughs> right, I mean, if you're I just to have be, one, yeah. fine. <laughs> if you're trying to be healthy, no. just, yeah, just, just, just no. gin on the rocks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to try gin on the rocks, actually. Mm. Yeah. Or neat gin. Well, gin is always um, ideally best tasted at room temperature. Oh, so, um, and then you. Maybe put a couple of drops of water or if you put a block of ice just to kind of break the spirit down. That's the best way to kind of, the best way to sort of taste it. The difference between tasting whiskey and gin from what I've learned is whiskey is a lot about the nose. Like you can, you can smell a lot of things in the nose and obviously you can break it down with taste. But gin is, the flavors become more apparent or the botanicals become more apparent when it hits your taste buds. Hmm. Yeah, we do have a gin for us to taste at the moment. Yeah, I want to taste. And let me just tell everyone that I am burning a gin-flavoured candle. Yes. In the middle of Method. The this will be the first time I've drunk straight gin. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah really? That's like, very exciting. I think they're uh, all closer to you. Yeah, you need to go this way. <laughs> what are we tasting, Diva? We're tasting um, Never Never from South mm. Australia. It is... Probably it's a very juniper forward gin. It's called this is the bottle right here. It's called the triple juniper gin. So I feel like if you like gin, you must like juniper. <laughs> He's hoping. Ooh. <coughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, I've got some tonic for you for you guys as well. Hang on. No, I like this. 
I like this neat. Oh, it's burning. One second. <laughs> it does burn. Yeah. All right. So never, never, never. I reckon if you've got a cold, it'll clear it up. In. Yeah, I got really sick just before I went to Sydney. Oh, a nice hot gin toddy would be amazing <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. Does this have coriander in, in it? Don't like coriander. Is it I quite do. so? It's got a coriander. Gin kind of is vibe. usually quite. Gin is usually well balanced. It's spice. Like this gin, I would say it's very well balanced. It's it's a bit spicy. Not bad with a bit of tonic. Oh yeah, greatly improved with the tonic. Yeah. Oh, I could see through time before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is sitting at a nice forty-three percent. So it's okay. not Yeah, it's not. Yeah, you've got so your navy strengths are usually your fifty-seven percent or fifty-eight percent. So that's. Navy strength. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Did I only drink it on the boat? Well, it was. If if it's strong enough to set off a bomb, that's the that's the basic story. I'm not sure if I want oh to drink that. Strong enough to set off a bomb. Um, I'm not, I'm not going near that one. Get rid of your cold. It I don't have a cold. <laughs> or it will probably... I what should I, when, when I was at um, Santini restaurant at QT the other yes. day, I had dirty martini, mm-hmm. and I, know, I order it there because I know they do a really good mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And I think the mark of someone who knows how to good make a good dirty martini, they come back to me and say, which gin would you like in that? Yeah. And then I always go, oh, God, I don't That's know. That's a hard one. I yeah. make the decision by what I like to drink straight. So if I don't like to sip a drink a gin straight, then I don't won't have it agree. with a mixer. Um, yeah. A good gin, I think, on the a rule of thumb for me is if you can drink it neat, it's a good it's a good product. And I can't imagine many people walking into a bar demanding straight gin. Yeah. That would be me. Except for uh, Tam and you, yeah. <laughs> I was um, just thinking I must be weak. I can't drink anything neat. <laughs> yeah, whiskey. You just have to oh, have yeah. the right whiskey. one. Whiskey, there, there's yeah. a Heyman's slow gin, yeah. which is delicious. That's the one I served at our yeah, you launch. Did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The red one. We had that on the rocks. Everyone was drinking it. That's really Oh, that smooth. was on the rocks. It was and it was really it was sweet. No, that was straight. And I think if you were to drink slow gin as well, you would probably drink it with a bit of soda. There's um, you would know the brand. I can't think of it. Is it is it Tanqueray? Tanqueray. Sevilla. Oh yeah, Sevilla. Yeah, bit. So it's a slightly more bitter orange. It's yeah, beautiful. yeah, which I didn't think I'd like. I yeah. love that straight. You can use that at a Negroni. It'll make a very light version of. Negroni. I'm not a Negroni fan. Ooh, <laughs> too bitter for me. I don't. It's yeah. the Campari. I think that's mm, a bit Campari of an overkill. My yes. first Negroni was just like a slap in the face because <laughs> I I literally had asked the bartender. It was I was actually at Frisk. Um, it was a World Gin Day, I think, and I asked him like, "Give me your strongest cocktail and <laughs> strongest gin cocktail." Like, he didn't make me a martini. He made me a Negroni, and ooh, wow, put hairs on your chest. Now I can't get enough of it. Now I pre-batch them. I bring them to picnics or I bring them <laughs> camping or I just. Man, what, what do you put them in? Let's have a look at what you brought. Oh, what <laughs> Actually, a mini four pillars bottle. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, it's actually really cute. cute. If you're in Perth and you're interested in gin or you want to involve gin into your events, is there a gin community? Um, like how do you tap into? Personally, want to know how you get to these <laughs> gin events yeah. like when gin, they're going gin on. Gin ice cream. Yeah, I like mean, where? I, uh, so should we be following you for the yeah, authority? Yeah, well, that'd that? be lovely. I mean, <laughs> I, a lot of hotels and restaurants are doing something a little bit more. So. Good question. Yeah, follow me. Um, follow me. Follow your favorite gin brands in WA, and there's lots one guy on Instagram. Yes, that I like. Is it one drink a day? Yes. Yeah, he's great. He's he used to be a bartender, and he does amazing thing with garnishes. You know, and it's not bartender friendly because bartenders don't have the time to prep these amazing garnishes. But the trend actually for drinks these days, um, simple garnishes. 
So less is a lot more these days, you know, like in, it's not like... Um, sprig of rosemary or something. Yeah, like a sprig of rosemary or um, you can cut out a circle of your kaffir lime leaf and put it on a clear glass block, for example. That and has do been ribbons of yeah, um, like cucumber. Cucumber, cucumber tongue or something just completely clean. So the essence of the drink is all in the drink, not so much in the garnish. I feel like wow, the, simpler, the simpler the better. That's mm-hmm. what it's been. Yeah. You're showcasing the drink. You're showcasing yeah. the drink. But if you want to entertain your guests at home, there are many ways that you can do that as well. What are your predictions for the future? For the gin industry? That's such a big question. Gin I industry. Feel, I feel like it's a, big, it's a big responsibility to <laughs> answer that question. Um, low alcoholic drinks or no alcoholic drinks actually would be the trend. Um, have, you tr- have you tried? Um, She's bought seed, it. Yeah. Oh, seed I have lip? a bottle of Seedlip here, yeah. which is the first ever d- non-alcoholic distilled spirit, um, which is essentially gin without gin not being gin it's got the botanicals but it's got no alcohol alcohol. yeah and because why i say this as well because i think it's really important to embrace the non-alcoholic trend because i've got a lot of friends that are becoming pregnant and they go to they still go to events while they're pregnant and when i had i had a friend who was pregnant and she loved to drink a negroni with me she's my negroni buddy Mm -hmm. and she couldn't drink and there were not a lot of choices for not a lot of options for non-alcoholic for non-alcoholic beverages or just people who didn't want to drink not necessarily because you couldn't drink so i feel like industries should probably events should probably cater to that as well. i mean depending on your audience and depending on your crowd but definitely try and embrace no alcohol at your events or maybe a portion that has non-alcoholic spirits so deva where can people find you well you can find me on my website at www.ginanonymous.com or instagram under my own name get yeah. on board let's celebrate yeah. local producers as well and yeah Let's just celebrate. Yeah. Let's just celebrate. Let's meet the maker. <laughs> yeah. Celebrate full stop. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much Thanks for coming so into much. the green room. Thanks for having me, ladies. We can, yeah, we can crack open a couple of Oh, we will. Of <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, right. ta-ra. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. For your chance to have your questions answered or join our conversation, jump into our Facebook group, Behind the Clipboard Podcast. And follow us on Instagram at Behind the Clipboard Podcast. Oh, I love that. That was great.